0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. What Jesus did by the shedding of his blood and his finished work on the cross is enough for every person for all time. It is the greatest one-off ever. Join me as I share from Watchman Nee's classic study on the normal Christian life over this range of episodes, How Can We Remain Average If We Have Truly Embraced Our Salvation. Take a listen, and I pray you will share these with everyone that you can and encourage them to take a listen to one off, the reading and the sharing of Watchman Nee's The Normal Christian Life Alright, everybody, this is so great to continue reading from Watchman Knees The Normal Christian Life. I'm in chapter 2 in my book. It is page 40. (laughs) I hope you've gotten your copy of your book. And I am now reading from the section As in Adam, So in Christ. So I pray that the reading of this has been. Uh, a blessing to you in the sense that it's just simply we're just putting in truth, my friends. We're putting truth inside of us. We're not being entertained. We don't have to be excited every single second. We simply need to let the truth be put into us in different forms and fashions. And this is how we're doing it today. So here we go. In Romans 5:12 through21, we are not only told something about Adam, we are told also something about the Lord Jesus, quote, "As through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one shall the many be made righteous." End quote. In Adam we receive everything that is of Adam. In Christ, we receive everything, everything, that is of Christ. The terms in Adam and in Christ are too little understood by Christians, and at the risk of repetition, I wish again to emphasize by means of an illustration the hereditary and racial significance of the term in Christ. This illustration is to be found in the letter to the Hebrews. Do you remember that in the earlier part of that letter the writer is trying to show that Melchizedek is greater than Levi? You recall that the point to be proved is that the priesthood of Christ is greater than the priesthood of Aaron, who was of the tribe of Levi. Now, in order to prove that, he has first to prove that the priesthood of Melchizedek is greater than the priesthood of Levi, for the simple reason that the priesthood of Christ is after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews seven fourteen through 17 while that of Aaron, of course, is after the order of Levi. If the writer can demonstrate to us that in the eyes of God, Melchizedek is greater than Levi, then he has made his point. That is the issue, and he proves it in a remarkable way. He tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 that one day Abraham, returning from the battle of the kings in Genesis 14, offered a tithe of his spoils to Melchizedek and received from him a blessing. Inasmuch as Abraham did so, Levi is therefore of less account than Melchizedek. Why? Because the fact that Abraham offered tithes to Melchizedek means that Isaac in Abraham offered to Melchizedek. But if that is true, then Jacob also in Abraham offered to Melchizedek, which in turn means that Levi in Abraham offered to Melchizedek. It is evident that the lesser offers to the greater, Hebrews 7 7. So Levi is less in standing than Melchizedek, and therefore the priesthood of Aaron is inferior to that of the Lord Jesus. Levi, at the time of the battle of the kings, was not yet even thought of, yet he was in the loins of his father, Abraham. And so to say, through Abraham he offered. Hebrews 7, 9 and 10. Now, this is the exact meaning of in Christ. Abraham, as the head of the family of faith, includes the whole family in himself. When he offered to Melchizedek, the whole family offered in him to Melchizedek. They did not offer separately as individuals, but they were in him, and therefore, in making his offering, he included with himself all of his seed. So we are presented with a new possibility. In Adam, all was lost. Through the disobedience of one man, we were all constituted sinners. By him, sin entered, and death through sin, and throughout the race, sin has reigned unto death from that day on. But now a ray of light is cast upon the scene. Through the obedience of another, we may be constituted righteous. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And as sin reigned unto death, even so may grace reign through righteousness into eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5:19 through 21 Our despair is in Adam, our hope is in Christ. Next section, The Divine Way of Deliverance. So listen up, my friends. God clearly intends that this consideration should lead to our practical deliverance from sin. Paul makes this quite plain when he opens chapter 6 of his letter with the question, shall we continue in sin? His whole being recoils at the very suggestion. God forbid, he exclaims. How could a holy God be satisfied to have unholy, sin-fettered children? And so, how shall we any longer live therein? Romans 6, 1 and 2. God has surely, therefore, made adequate provision that we should be set free from sin's dominion. But here is our problem. We were born sinners. How then can we cut off our sinful heredity? Seeing that we were born in Adam, how can we get out of Adam? Let me say at once. The blood cannot take us out of Adam. There is only one way. Since we came in by birth, we must go out by death. To do away with our sinfulness, we must do away with our life. Bondage to sin came by birth. Deliverance from sin comes by death. And it is just this way of escape that God has provided. Death is the secret of emancipation. We died to sin. Romans 6 2. But how can we die? Some of us have tried very hard to get rid of this sinful life, but we have found it most tenacious. What is the way out? It is not by trying to kill ourselves, but by recognizing that God has dealt with us in Christ. Listen to this carefully, my friends. I'm going to say that again. What is the way out? It is not by trying to kill ourselves, but by recognizing that God has dealt with us in Christ. This is summed up in the Apostle's next statement. All we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death, Romans 6, 3. But if God has dealt with us in Christ Jesus, then we have got to be in Him for this to become effective. And that now seems just as big a problem. How are we to get into Christ? Here again, God comes to our help. We have, in fact, no way of getting in. But what is more important we need not try to get in, for we are in. What we could not do for ourselves, God has done for us. He has put us into Christ. Let me remind you of 1 Corinthians 1.30. I think that this is one of the best verses of the whole New Testament. You are in Christ. How? Of Him. That is, of God are you in Christ. Praise God. It is not left to us either to devise a way of entry or to work it out. We need not plan how to get in. God has planned it, and He has not only planned it, but He has also performed it. Of Him are you in Christ Jesus. We are in. Therefore, we need not try to get in. It is a divine act, and it is accomplished. Now, if this is true, certain things follow. In the illustration from Hebrews 7, which we considered above, we saw that in Abraham all Israel, and therefore Levi, who was not yet born, offered tithes to Melchizedek. They did not offer separately and individually, but they were in Abraham when he offered, and his offering included all his seed. This, then, is a true figure of ourselves as in Christ. When the Lord Jesus was on the cross, all of us died. Not individually, for we had not yet been born, but being in him, we died in him. One died for all, therefore all died. 2 Corinthians 5.14 When he was crucified, all of us were crucified there with him. Many a time when preaching in the villages of China, one has to use very simple illustrations for deep divine truth. I remember once I took up a small book and put a piece of paper into it, and I said to those very simple folk, Now look carefully. I take a piece of paper. It has an identity of its own, quite separate from this book. Having no special purpose for it at the moment, I put it into the book. Now I do something with the book. I mail it to Shanghai. I do not mail the paper, but the paper has been put into the book. Then where is the paper? Can the book go to Shanghai and the paper remain here? Can the paper have a separate destiny from the book? No. Where the book goes, the paper goes. If I drop the book in the river, the paper goes too. And if I quickly take it out again, I recover the paper also. Whatever experience the book goes through, the paper goes through with it. For it is still there in the book. Of Him are you in Christ Jesus. The Lord God Himself has put us in Christ, and in His dealing with Christ, God has dealt with the whole race. Our destiny is bound up with His. What He has gone through, we have gone through. For to be in Christ is to have been identified with Him in both His death and resurrection. He was crucified. Then what about us? Must we ask God to crucify us? Never. When Christ was crucified, we were crucified, and His crucifixion is past, therefore ours cannot be future. I challenge you to find one text in the New Testament telling us that our crucifixion is in the future. All the references to it are in the Greek aorist, which is the once-for-all tense, the eternally past tense, and I would add the one-off tense. You can see this in Romans 6.6, 6. Galatians 2.20, Galatians 5.24, Galatians 6.14. And just as no man could ever commit suicide by crucifixion, for it were a physical impossibility to do so, so also, in spiritual terms, God does not require us to crucify ourselves. We were crucified when Christ was crucified, for God put us there in Him. That we have died in Christ is not merely a doctrinal position. It is an eternal and indisputable fact. Wow, there you have it. For any of you that have ever been with me when I have taught on this or at a cross encounter or any of the other times maybe that we've been together, you have seen me do this exact illustration of putting a piece of paper inside of a book. And I'll oftentimes say, if I ship this book to China, where does the paper go? Everybody says China. If I set the book on fire, what happens to the paper? Well, the paper burns up. Why? Location, location, location. Simply because the paper was inside the book, whatever happened to the book happened to the paper. The paper doesn't have a separate destiny from the book once it's placed in my friends, we've got to think on this. Beyond this podcast, I want you to meditate on this truth and let Holy Spirit begin to blow your world up. That you do not have to try to make these things true. My friends, they are already true. Why? Because our Father has already arranged to do everything perfectly in Christ. You cannot add to that you cannot add to what they have already accomplished. Our part is by the very faith that they give us is to believe by faith and enter in to the finished work of Jesus Christ. This is the basis for everything else that will literally spring forward, will catapult out of our oneness with him. Now we've still got one final short section to go in our next episode. So I look forward to us being together then. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.